right. Well, welcome to the All People's Equipping Podcast. This is Kendall Laughlin here, and I am so excited to have on this podcast episode two real-life church planters, James and Aaron. So James is the team leader, lead pastor of All People's St. Paul, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then Aaron is on the team as well. So welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us for this recording. So good to be here, Kendall. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey, really good to to be with you guys. Obviously, it's been a couple months since we talked, since you were sent out of all people's San Diego. And the purpose of this uh, interview, this first episode of this podcast, is to talk about discerning the call to church planning and get out the door. So that's what I want to hop into and want to do some real talk. So I know you guys have been in Minnesota for a couple months now, but we can't get into any of the Minnesota nights, okay? We have to have to really open it up here. I want to talk about the good. Okay, I'm messing with you right now, but I want to talk about the good, maybe some of the challenges, the God story in the middle of all that, and then how that led you to this crazy adventure of church planning. So exciting what you guys are doing. So excited to celebrate some of the testimonies as well. So James, this whole thing started with your journey as a leader. So you discern the call at the church planning and, and then how did you discern Minneapolis? Bring us into that. Yeah, it's a great question, Kendall, and I'd love to share just a bit about the story. Back in 2011, I was in Mexico on a discipleship training school mission trip, and the Lord first gave me this vision of the Twin Cities and broke my heart for the Twin Cities, and I felt this initial stirring and uh, thought it would happen in the next year or two, and here we are 12 years later, finally planting that church that God had planted a dream in my heart. And so we discerned along the way, the next steps, part of that for me was finishing up seminary and then moving to San Diego to do the all people's church, church planning school to become equipped for the practical. So what does it look like to plant a church? And for me, I really had to first and foremost become resolved that I felt called to plant an American church. And so God was doing the work in my heart to get a vision for planting a church in the United States. Uh, breaking my heart for the issues here in the United States, which are unique, and then also having uh, a vision for planting future churches throughout the world. And so that's what we hope to do is become a, a training and equipping and ascending hub for future church plants. But our journey included moving to San Diego, working a job while we were doing church planning school, is working in the marketplace. It involved fundraising along the way. It also involved building a team around us. And a lot of that came organically through serving in the local church. Uh, I served as overseeing the, the volunteer ministries. I ended up directing the training school for four years. And in that time, I really built some deep relationships with who are now our core team for church planting. And I would say the, the unique thing about our church plant, perhaps within the movement, is that apart from myself, the team is bivocational and they are working in their various spheres of influence. I have, a, I have a high passion for vocation as a concept as a whole and believe that God has given us gifts for every sphere of society to impact and influence, to bring the kingdom all around us, wherever we are. And so it's a little unique in that regard, which has brought about some wonderful opportunities that we might get into in terms of relational evangelism and meeting people and some challenges as well when people are balancing moving, starting a new job, and also trying to plant a church at the same time, there's just certain limitations that any person runs into in terms of capacity. And so it's been a, a wild and 
crazy journey. We're really loving it so far. And um, uh, just happy to, to be stepping into the thing that God had spoken to us so long ago and prophesied to us along the way. Okay, so 12 years ago, you discerned this call that the Lord was calling you into church planning. So let me ask a couple questions about that. First of all, you, it was on a mission trip in Mexico. Is that what you said? That's right. And then how did that feel at the time? You know, if you could just put yourself back there in that early stages of this calling. Oh, it was so exciting. We were part of a, an American church in Wheaton, Illinois, called Antioch Community Church in Wheaton. And they were running this mission trip in Mexico. And I said, oh, I could see myself doing it. I wanted to lead trips to the nations. I just was seeing people get absolutely rocked, impacted by experiencing God move in the nations. And so I wanted to mobilize and equip people to go. And so I saw myself doing that. And I remember coming home and telling it, my discipler and my pastor. And, and I, again, I thought it was going to happen in the next year or two, mm -hmm. um, but God had a different plan for us. And I'm so thankful too, because he brought us through so much in terms of character development and training and equipping and, and then getting a front row seat and getting to serve in a local church in an associate type of position, having a front row seat and watching a church navigate through some very challenging times, a building campaign, a global pandemic, racial tensions. And, and I, uh, I really got to learn so much just by being in that, in that second chair, if you will. That's a great explanation. So you receive this call and then obviously the Lord, he starts working on you. Right. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 105 tells us about Joseph, that the word of the Lord came to him and then that tested him, that prepared him. And so this was your, this was your Joseph season of God giving you a calling, but then him preparing you mm -hmm. to walk out that calling. And so, uh, you mentioned some of the, the tactical things that you got to experience a building campaign, working through COVID, the racial pain, all that uh, was a very important leadership experience for you. What are the, some of the things that the Lord did in your heart through that 11 years, James? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, first and foremost, I think that he was really bringing strength and unity to Katie and I and our marriage and readying us for this work. Because as we have found out, it's a, it's a test on, on your relationship, on your marriage, on your home life. And so we did some counseling during that time. We practiced serving together, leading life groups, serving in the training school together. And, and we're just working that out. What does that look like to do that? How do we mutually submit to one another in love? And how do I support her and her calling? And, and how do we take care of our family in the midst of that? So that was a, a primary thing that God, I, was, I think, was doing. Another thing uh, the Lord was doing was really helping me find um, myself. And who am I uniquely as a, as a leader? I think that on your 20s and early 30s, even, it's easy just to want to replicate yourself after your heroes. and and there are so many great leaders that I admire and that I've followed throughout the years and many of them within our movement. And but God was really helped me learn that I'm unique, uniquely wired, and that's good and that's okay. And, uh, I can draw from and learn from Kendall Laughlin. I can draw from and learn from Robert Herber, but I don't need to be them. I can be my own leader, my own person, the way that God has wired me. And so I loved taking various assessments along the way. And we did that as part of being on staff at all people's church in San Diego. And then a lot of that was just worked out in real time as I was uh, getting opportunities to teach or preach, uh, lead. And now that I'm almost 40, feel a lot more comfortable in my own skin of who I am and who I'm not. And I think gone are the days of the, I'm going to be the next big thing, the next young 
leader and you see the pitfalls that you see the track as I've watched over the past 15 years, 20 years, even people in ministry, a lot of times those ones that, that really shoot up fast and furious flame out really quick as well. And so I want to be in this for the long haul. Uh, I want to be in this for the next 30 years, building and equipping and equipping the saints for the work of ministry. So yeah, I'd say internal work within my, my marriage and then also my own personal leadership and discovering my voice and my unique wiring as a leader. That's great. So I'm hearing a lot of lessons with self-awareness and then obviously the unity in your marriage. And a lot of people might not know this, but in terms of church planters and their success, one of the primary predictors of that is the health of one's marriage. So that was a huge yeah. journey and lesson that you guys had to go through and work on together along with all the other local church leadership experiences, which uh, just makes perfect sense. And so you're in this journey, you have this call, you're in preparation. Now you were talking about this the whole time. Then all of a sudden it starts to get real. When was the threshold moment where you were moving from, we're preparing for something to now we're planning something. We are actually, we're, we're strongly moving towards a, a new life and a different state as church yeah. planners. Well, we had a bit of a false start in 2019 and we were preparing to go, but honestly, we just did not feel the spirit on it. it, it there were certain roadblocks and challenges that were coming up and you're always trying to discern, okay, is this the devil or is this God slowing us down or a combination of both? I don't know. And um, from the support raising to team building, there just were things not coming together. So we, we put our dream on hold and that we decided to stay in San Diego indefinitely, really. We weren't. We didn't have an expiration date on it, but then the Lord spoke through some prophetic words back in 2021, 22. And then I think when it really got real is when we came to the church leadership and said, it's time. And we've just, we've been discerning this and we really feel like God is, is prompting us to go at this point. And so it got, it became really real at that point, because then we started talking about timelines and transitions and the, the, the runway process for what's it going to look like to, to take off and to get our ducks in a row. And, and then we started inviting our teammates along the way. And, and then they started saying, uh, yes, one by one. And that got really exciting because it wasn't just a, a dream in our hearts, but it was a dream that other people were sharing with us for themselves and for their futures as well. Yes. So absolutely. So, so you went for it, you went public, we're doing this, and then you start building a team because we weren't ever meant to be in ministry alone. Obviously there's a lot of gifts and talents in the body of Christ. We all need each other. And so that brings us to Aaron and his story. And so Aaron, what was it like for you? You've, you've been a part of all people's church in San Diego. All of a sudden this pastor that you love, James and Katie, they're sitting down with you, inviting you into a church planning team. Did you see that coming? Was it a surprise? And then how did you respond? Kind of all of the above, to be honest with you. It was after about a decade of being part of all people's church in San Diego, I was doing life with good friends. I was doing life with James and Katie. I was serving in the School of Transformation, a training school here in San Diego. And, and it was like that classic dating thing. You'll look to your right, look to your left and see who's running the same pace as you. And it was like that for me in a way, because I was able just to see who was in the trenches with me, who was doing ministry alongside me and who would be a natural fit for something like this if there was to ever be something uh, i was settling into a master's degree uh, starting a master's degree in nursing i was working full time 
And I set the next couple of years of my life with the, being married in 2022. And yeah, I had a plan. It was my plan. It wasn't God's plan, obviously, but it was my plan. And so I, I definitely felt a little bit interrupted, but that's one of my goals with God is to be interruptible. And so when James asked me and my newlywed wife, or at that point we were engaged, it was like, oh man, let's talk about this. And let's, it felt like we were making a multi-year married decision in our second or third month of engagement. So we took time though. We, we pressed in, we fasted, we prayed, and we did it separately. And then we came back and, and talked together and came to the decision that, yes, this is something that if we, if we can't say yes now, then, then we won't say yes ever. We, we want to be people that are, are saying yes to Jesus, no matter what the circumstance. And we felt that if this was an opportunity that the Lord was giving with close, close friends, James was discipling me and pushing me towards Jesus. And Katie, James's wife was discipling and pushing my then fiance, Audrey, it just made a lot of sense. So yeah, all I've got to say to anyone else who's out there being discipled is be careful who you ask to marry you because you might move with them within the next 12 months. So it's, it was, it was beautiful, but it was funny to, to have that influence at our wedding even. So a couple of things I'm hearing, first of all, you're part of all people's church. So, you know, the purpose of all people's church, transforming right. lives, to bless San Diego, planting churches, the transformation. So I really love this because you're, you're thinking critically about, okay, like the purpose of this church is partly church planning. And I'm going to be involved in church planning. I don't know if I'm going to move somewhere, but like, this is something I want to give my heart to. I'm all in on this. And so first of all, kudos for you just for being an engaged church member. You've had all kinds of volunteer positions at the church, like, and I know that you were owning that as part of our vision. And then all of a sudden an engagement, right? You have nothing else going on during engagement. You have all this free time. Just kidding, right? It's an overwhelming time. And yep. And then here comes, here comes James and Katie with the church planning call and they're inviting you into it. And I love a few things. First of all, I love that you, you first of all, listened, you were willing to sit down and hear an invitation to church planning. I think sometimes because we're busy or overwhelmed, we just close our ears, right? And we, we turn the other way. And then I love how you also didn't give an immediate response. You pivoted. This was a big early decision for you and your wife to make early in your relationship as an engaged couple. And so you had to seek the Lord on that fast, made space for God. And then, yeah, you said yes and went from there. And so now James and Aaron talk us through this. Once someone says yes to church planting, first of all, let's say, let's, let's say spiritually, what are the positive things you noticed in your life? And then were there any challenges that came up as you started to move towards planning a church? Yeah, I'll go first. You say yes to this journey with grand hopes of transforming lives and, and, and seeing people encounter Jesus and get rocked. But we have to remember that we are first and foremost disciples of Jesus and we are Jesus's mission and he's constantly refining and working on us. And so there are moments along the way where you come face to face with your own sin and your own flesh. And you're like, should I really be doing this? Do I have what it takes? Am I qualified for this? And, and so you have those doubts, you have those wrestlings. And, and, and so God is, is so kind to walk with us through that and to remind us that, Hey, he's not looking for perfect. He's looking for available. He's looking for the people that are saying I'm, I'm in God, I'm in on this journey. And, and, and there are definite sacrifices that you need to count the cost when it comes to church planning. And, and some of those are harder for, for me, at least in my family, 
Uh, some of those are harder for one spouse than the other in certain areas. We're attached to different way in different ways to different things. And so in leaving San Diego, I was really sad to, to leave specific friendships and it was a, it was a, a, a cost that I had to pay to say, okay, I'm going to leave this thriving community, this wonderful place. My wife was loving the rhythm we have with our kids and the school they were in and, and stepping into this unknown was just so hard. And both of us had this house that we were really thankful for. It was such a blessing. And we're like, are we going to leave this climate really? And this, this home to move to the frozen tundra of Minnesota. And there was different points where we were like, are we seriously going to do this? And so I think saying yes is sometimes the easiest part. It's walking that out that it's so much harder because saying yes is fantastic. It's exciting. And, and I think walking it out is a whole nother thing. I don't know. What would you say, Aaron? So you've got the practicals, counting the costs, walking it out, all, all important. Yeah. Aaron, what was it like for you? Yeah. For me, it was this jostling of my plan. Like I'd mentioned, it was, it was different than where I thought I would be in the next year or two years or three years. And, and then spiritually it started to be like prepping for, for a day out of your house. Like, okay, I'm going to leave the house and make sure I have my keys, make sure my gas in the car, make sure I have my clothes on like your armor of God. It's like, okay, I'm just going to do something. I'm just going to leave the house and go and do something. This is the mentality that I started to take uh, a little bit of the, uh, this analogy of like a car that's so difficult to steer and redirect when it's not moving, but when it is moving, it's easier to, to steer and redirect. I felt like that spiritually was our story, uh, my wife and I, as we started to try to live the ways that we wanted to live in Minneapolis, in San Diego, we started to do those types of things. And we said, well, this is just preparation. We started to host different events in our, in our apartment. We started to do things to literally have practice for how we would host people and to throw, literally we threw a brown party and a lemon party, but we threw the brown party in the spring and the lemon party in the fall, just because, I mean, it was just like absolutely ridiculous. And we made everybody wear yellow and brown and all these, <laughs> just to have fun and just to invite people into our home. So there were many, many moments where spiritually it was just a truly a step of faith, one step in front of the other. And we were just trying to, trying to be back to the basics of it. Um, where we didn't want to overcomplicate it or get too up in the clouds with a calling of living out our lives in a different location, but we wanted to do it well where we were so that it would be a natural transition for us. Uh, and then my wife and I are both very much planners. So we started to look at jobs, we started to do things. And so we were both blessed with, and I'm sure we'll touch on this in a moment with getting out the door, but we were both blessed with jobs that we were looking ahead to. Uh, we felt very much like Tarzan that we were reaching for the next vine and we could grab the next vine and let go of the last uh, confidently um, because the Lord had brought us through and given us new opportunities and things to, to look forward to instead of looking behind. So we had a very much so a expect, expectation and uh, all of spring was just like, I can't wait, counting down the days and weeks as how it felt for us in the spirit and, and in reality and in, in the flesh too. So. Sounds like your commitment, Aaron, once you said yes, was to start living the lifestyle of a church planner, which is I've got to be hospitable. I've got to go out and reach people. I've got to live on mission and just some of those big lifestyle commitments. Why wait until you're in Minnesota, right? Might as well do it in San Diego. And, and yeah, if you're not doing it here, you're not going to do it there. And so for me too, as I was looking at building a team, I wanted to find people that were doing the work of discipleship, evangelism, leading, hosting life group there in San Diego, because I knew them that they would be able to do that here in Minnesota. 
during this time of preparation, preparation is obviously difficult, right? The God's doing things in our heart. There's administrative challenges. Like you've got to go find a new place to live, place for your kids to go to school. I mean, there's so many practicalities. What were the words from God that kept you guys going? How did you sustain yourself spiritually just through the frustrations and challenges of getting out the door, much less the rigorous training and sending process in San Diego? How did you keep yourself engaged spiritually during that time? Is there one word from God that meant a lot to you during that season? question. What we started prior to launch was a shared prayer document that we committed to praying through as a team. And on that document were all the different things we're praying and believing for, as well as uh, some of the prophetic words that were spoken over us and our team. Uh, it included our own mission statement, which is planting a people marked by great love. As we've launched this church, we wanted there to be a distinction that, hey, we're not a church that's gathering just in a building because you have a lot of cultural Catholic Lutheran individuals here in the Twin Cities who immediately associated church with the building. And we wanted uh, people to know that we're a people marked by great love. And so first and foremost, we started praying for, believing for our own team to be marked by great love and unity. So we started praying into that love, unity, love, unity. And well, wouldn't you know, we ran into some team conflict along the way. <laughs> And so a lot of our energies ended up getting spent on, for Katie and I, pastoring through those team dynamics. And there were some shifts on the team of people that were initially going to be coming with us that didn't end up coming with. And, and then as we got here, as people were landing, there was some rub. And so we've had to really press into that and, and re remind ourselves that, hey, we need to first and foremost be committed to the language of love and believing the best and honoring and our relational DNA of all people's church so that other people will be drawn in by that love. And so that was something that we really were focusing on, the relationships So it meant lots of late night pastoral discipleship sessions in our home. Most of our team, again, are working full-time jobs. And so they can't always do discipleship in the middle of the day. So we were doing counseling, premarital counseling, postmarital counseling. <laughs> we were doing just a lot of discipleship and counseling and walking our team through the language of love and learning to love each other well so that we could plant the people marked by great love. Okay. Wow. This is great. So a couple, a couple things I'm hearing. First of all, you're documenting your words from the Lord. You're sharing those as a team. You and Katie are talking about those and that just provides so much spiritual momentum. And then, then the necessary process of the team gelling together happens, right? Where we go through some conflict stages and you're praying through that, you're prepared for that. Two huge parts of the preparation that people should be expecting if they're going out to plan a church. What about you, Aaron? What kept you going spiritually? I think being under the leadership of James and Katie and knowing that we were going to be with them no matter what was something that was really bonding to them and therefore to the specific place of Minneapolis, Minnesota. But I would say that when it came to the spiritual aspect of what kept us going, we, we were, like I said, so in a season of expectancy. We got married in August of 2022, and we were planning to move in July of 2023. And so it was like just this, it felt like a really long kind of honeymoon stage 
not in the way that we talk about, like, oh, you have your honeymoon stage and then you come down from it and it's like, oh, the real world slapped you in the face. But it was, it was like a, a very sweet season for us to be together and to be expectant and looking forward to things. So there were a number of different words that were spoken over us as a, as a couple, even back to a couple of years ago, people saying and, and very prophetic voices saying that there's a big shift coming. This is prior to even saying yes to the church planning team. Uh, but people saying that there's a big shift coming in our lives and, and just ways that people saw us as a couple, not in an additive, but in a multiplicative way where one plus one didn't equal two, but one plus one equaled way more than that when we were able to put our talents and our dreams together and dream with the Lord. So I think spiritually there were a couple of those words, yes, that, that brought us through, but we had a very yeah, expectant season is what I would still call it. Looking back at that that last year and the, especially the six months leading up to leaving. And a lot of those ways that we were looking ahead and were expectant is that we we were expectant to hear about people that went to these churches that we were praying for every single day. And these pastors that we were contending for that were in the community already doing doing God's work and that we could partner with in the future and the mayor and the governor and all these all these people that are on the ground in Minnesota that we were able to contend for really brought our hearts to be ahead of us as we were still in San Diego. Our hearts were already in Minnesota. So we were very thankful for that. Um, it was a, a great, great team leading that thing that James and Katie did by having us pray so that our hearts would be yeah, going before us, really. Intentional intercession. That's great. Why don't you give us a final thought? What would you say to someone that's thinking about joining a church planning team? So they're not going to be a team leader, but they've been invited into a team to church plant. What would be your word of advice for them as they discern their call? Yeah, I would encourage someone to, to really take it to the Lord. You can use different tools. I know that many in the all people's global movement know about the decision compass, about what is the word of God, the voice of God, counting the cost and, and all these different aspects of uh, what other people around you can speak into. So yeah, this is not a decision to be rushed into, but this is also the biggest thing that you can do uh, with your life is be obedient to God. That doesn't mean that the biggest thing you're going to do is to pick up your life and move to another place. But the biggest thing that you can do with your life is be obedient to the voice of the Lord. So for us and for what I would tell anybody is if they were to receive a call, yeah, it would be something that would be of utmost priority to bring before the Lord and test and, and see if there was something that there was be a point of obedience towards. And then, yeah, I would like, like I said, be careful who you ask to marry you because these people are going to be your people. And so when, when James and, and Katie were so involved with our life, it was just so natural that that made it a very easy yes, to be honest, to jump onto this team, but yeah, involve yourself and, and relate yourself with strong people and, and do life with them. And, and you'll find yourself in an opportunity that you wouldn't have ever had elsewhere. The importance of relationship. Well put. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank you.